Hello, this is your host, Tim Alanius. In this episode, I am passing the mic off just for this episode to Stephen Legau. Stephen is on the partnerships team as the regional partner marketing manager at AmericanEagle.com. He is specifically focused on the association and nonprofit markets. Having worked with these organizations for the last five years, he is committed to helping associations and nonprofits focus on their missions and providing their members and constituents the best possible web experiences. Welcome on back to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast, the motivational poster in your ear. I'm your guest host, Stephen Legault, Partner Director at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're going to be diving into the age of the connected customer and our experience at Inbound, HubSpot's annual event. To discuss this, I'm joined by special guest Becky Reese, HubSpot consultant at AmericanEagle.com. Becky joined the AmericanEagle.com team just a few months ago to lead the team as a consultant. Prior to joining the team, she worked in higher education for 12 years, and in that role, she managed enrollment and marketing operations for customers, which included the creation of operations processes and procedures to identify and solve some of those pain points to increase productivity for sales and marketing teams. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Becky and I were, were able to attend uh, HubSpot Inbound uh, in September up in Boston. Really incredible event. So we've been uh, partners with, with HubSpot for a little over three years now. Um, and this was the first time that we were able to go in person. The entirety of the, the theme of, of the week um, was this age of the connected customer. Uh, sort of what does this look like coming out of COVID, uh, moving into to a new decade, firmly in, in, into a new decade, and, and trying to understand how can we as companies better serve our customers and us as an agency allow our customers to better serve their customers. That's what success looks like for us. Uh, here at AE. So the the crux of this conversation is really breaking down Yamini, who's the CEO of HubSpot, her keynote, uh, really, really opening up this this age of the connected customer. The way that she framed this conversation is particularly interesting because I think, you know, on one hand, we're obviously talking about HubSpot, which is a a platform that, you know, sales, marketing, service, uh, CMS, but also, you know, a little bit more philosophically, how are we combating sort of the rebound here from the digitization that occurred during COVID. So she sort of had three key pillars, thinking about systems being disconnected. In the snap of a finger, everybody had to go completely digital. Uh, in March of 2020, you know, they shifted fully fully remote, and there was you know, a sort of a frenzy of, of buying endpoint solutions. I think that she quoted something like 250 SaaS tools per company uh, in the market today, which is, I mean, what are we doing? insane. You know, there was a tool for everything because there needed to be, but now the folks are sort of back in, in house. Things don't talk to one another. You have a Asana for project management. Does it actually work with timekeeping? You have a Teams or a Skype to, to communicate with people, but does that turn into anything actionable for, for your service folks? So thinking about all of these systems being disconnected was sort of pillar one. I really, I appreciated her kind of upfront saying, we know HubSpot is not a one size fits all sort of thing. We know that we can't do everything, but their integrations and their plugins are so helpful and useful to make things easier for the customers. I just thought that was a very honest statement for her to make. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of self-reflection is, is helpful. And, and we'll get to this a little bit because one of the, the other points she's talking about is being human you know, with customers and, and around them. Because people right now are disconnected, obviously, right? So, so we're thinking about everybody dropped, you know, dropped what they had to do and are working from home and, uh, you know, juggling kids and activities and, and, and your job at, at the house. But 
have we seen, you know, the conversation is, have we seen a a lag here now that folks are starting to get back into person? Are we connecting in the same way that we would have? You know, it, it was cool for five minutes to have Zoom happy hours, but, you know, we're two years out now and, and how cool is it really, right? So thinking about sort of how are people disconnected, obviously, if systems are, then, then, then people are as well. And finally, she starts talking about how companies are then disconnected from their customers, right? We have systems that are disconnected. You have people that are disconnected. We aren't able to to serve customers in the same way that we would have beforehand. And we'll dive into that, you know, a little bit more specifically, but some statistics like 65% of Google searches ended without a click in 2020. I mean, people are just looking for something, trying to break through the noise and, and unable to do so. So, you know, the framing of this is 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 particularly interesting because at the end of the day, we we want that connection. You want that human connection, you know, and you want that connection with, with brands as well. So, you know, sort of entering this age of the connected customer and what that means is is particularly interesting. I think that you bring up a good point. She was very candid in this conversation. I think that obviously it's rehearsed. It's She's in front of 50,000 people, but it was certainly interesting to hear her candor and, and truly like vulnerability, I think. It kind of plays into the whole connecting thing. Mm-hmm. She was trying to get onto our level and connect with us in a, in a human touch sort of way. Right, right. So let's dive into sort of this this first focus here when we're talking about systems being disconnected. I think that we as a technology company ourselves, I was trying to count the tools that we use and I work with 14 on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like that's incredibly low. You know, we start thinking about Asana, Jira, Confluence, our own intranet, Salesforce, HubSpot, Teams, if that counts. I think that counts. Word, PowerPoint. I mean, you start thinking about all of these things and I don't know if if a bespoke product for each tool makes sense or how we identify the way that this could or should be. I think that your your point about integrations makes sense and how HubSpot's thinking about it. But, you know, it's tough to keep track of where each thing should be, what each tool should should look like and, and how how that adds frenzy to somebody's day. Right. Mm-hmm. How, how do you accomplish a task when you know, where do I have to be? What, what do I have to do this in? I mean, I'm still three months in here and I my first day writing all the names of the systems you guys use and then my little notes next to it saying, go to Confluence for this, go to the Internet for this, go to Teams for this. Right. It, it is. It's overwhelming. <laughs> um, I still couldn't tell you what half of them are for. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's sort of what they're driving at, right? I mean, when everybody's disconnected and in multiple different places, you have to have a solution for internal communications, right? If you didn't in beforehand, there has to be a, a, a Teams discussion or or Skype or Zoom or Slack. That's the other one. That makes sense. But then there's another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. And without the time to integrate these effectively for people, I wonder what that bloat is doing for companies and the, their own sort of technology debt and roadmap to make sure that they're providing value to their employees, but then also employee to employee. To your point, I mean, you're a, a new uh, new team member here, but, you know, joining systems that you'd never heard of mm-hmm. and understanding how does that make sense in terms of what I need to do on a day-to-day basis to accomplish my job, right? As my manager, I'm glad that you see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's wild because we are an agency who's primarily focused on driving experiences for our customers customers, right? We're website design and development, digital marketing solutions. So we preach ourselves 
purpose-built solutions with proper integration. That's sort of how we're, you know, you, if you have a commerce tool, you need a commerce tool and you need a product information management system and you need a CRM. But the, the key here is putting those things together. And it sounds like for the most part, nobody, nobody did that. Nobody has done that. Now that's not new, you know, integration isn't, isn't new, but it's unfeasible to try and do it. Yeah. I found the number 242 SaaS tools per, per average company. I mean, how do you, how do you even put half of those together to make it make sense? I can't even comprehend. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, companies and, 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 and folks are more focused on the time that it takes to get the right data. You know, am I pulling a report here that effectively tells me how well we are doing at XYZ versus actually helping an end customer, right? What, what, is, what is the delta there? If you have to pull reports from five different places and talk about conversations with three different people and that are existing in parallel in, in other tools, are you then actually able to spend the time to act on that? Like put, put something into place? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of how do you think this is solved? I mean, is it, you know, sort of these gargantuan systems where it does absolutely everything or, or sort of their reduction down to the mean, you know, what is required and how does that, you know, allow us to be streamlined? I think that there's, you know, it's interesting to have that conversation in two different ways, but I'm curious about your thoughts. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think that there is a one size fits all by any means. Um, you know, I think for some reason I just started thinking of cable TV and how cable TV had everything, but then we all got the Netflix and the Hulu. And so we started cutting our cable cord, but now we have six other platforms to log into to do essentially what cable was doing. Right. Uh, So even though we're picking and choosing our own system, it's still overwhelming. It's like we're watching community. Wait, what's community on? Right. Nine out of 10 times we don't log into the right one. (laughs) It's funny. I can't wait for somebody to come back to us and say like, I've bundled Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max together and you can get it for one low price of $99 a month. And it's like, I thought I was just paying cable for that. Yeah, like, right. You, you, you disconnect to reconnect. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good it's a good analogy because Netflix provides you X, Hulu provides you Y, mm-hmm. HBO provides you Z. But you can't really get there with any of them individually, Mm-mm. right? The well, seemingly endless, but, but not One actually. isn't the best where it's going to solve all of your right. entertainment needs. Right. And I don't think to your point, I, like, I, I do agree that a one size fits all, one huge omnipresent that does absolutely everything for you is not the right tool either because, you know, what what's the trope? Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. It, it mm-hmm. can't be, you know, a, a communication, internal communications tool that is also your customer service tool. There's going to be a gap somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that there has to be. So it's interesting to me because HubSpot can be seen, I would say, by some folks to be that it does everything. Now, there's obviously individual, to your point earlier, plugins and integrations, but it can be the backbone system and do everything for you, basically except accounting. Um, so it's interesting to see how they're ideating on, very self-aware that you know we can do marketing, we can do sales, we can do customer service, we can do your website experience. How do we sort of pick and peel each of those from a, you know, sort of this gross behemoth Voltron looking tool that that doesn't do everything 
that that to me is particularly interesting and in how they ba- how they're going to be balancing that for the next you know five ten years right mm-hmm. i mean what's the the newest hub for them is cms yeah. which was built you know the thing that i that i enjoy about working with with hubspot is they are generally not the first to market with a new tool but by the time that they roll it out it works mm-hmm. right it, it's they're they don't build they don't purchase and, and sort of aggregate things it's like we're going to build this i think that their motto is crafted not cobbled right so we we build this and, and purpose build it. so it's interesting to me that they're holding up a mirror it seems a little bit like you can't obviously have 250 systems to, to run something but you also can't have one either right mm-hmm. so so how do you balance the two of those things together to to drive value for for their customers i think it's a little bit different for us too as agencies where our job isn't to make our lives easier right it's our job is to make our customers lives easier so we have to worry about them a little bit too you know our our customers customers are the people that we need to be worried about mostly right mm-hmm. so so how do you think that this sort of rebound right if everything became 200 plus systems sort of peeling back the layers how how does that become like people focused you know working on something that that is both putting together an architecture of something that is both helpful for the people that we need to be helping that are, that are paying us to for, for services but also their customers as well that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah uh, i think that's where you know we were talking about this earlier empathy really comes into play of being able to connect with your customer and put yourself in their shoes uh, i know that in my my previous job i was working in higher education and it um enrollment was down i mean it was down across the country and what we ended up doing was really looking at the behavioral patterns of our our customers our students at the time and based on the actions that they were taking we, we sort of gave a facelift to the way that we were marketing to them and to the way that we you know we ran events uh you know i think about orientation and at the beginning it was it was just chaos there were <laughs> four different departments all trying to get the same information yet it was slightly different and the students are filling out six forms getting 17 confirmation emails and you put yourself in their position new school new city new friends new teachers new everything it's overwhelming enough and then here we are making them jump through hoops just to get started so we like you were saying we you know took a step back and really looked instead of you know being inside looking out we were outside looking in on how they would how they would see the situation how they would see orientation and it was clear that it just was not the right path for them and you know we made some adjustments and it took a little more effort on our part but that was you know the benefit of their happiness and their you know being comfortable absolutely outweighed any additional work that it took on our part to to structure anything you know we did notice again just looking at their behavioral patterns that you know, students who attended, again, this just goes to catering to the students, students who attended, you know, three or more events were more likely to start than students who didn't. So we started doing more events. Uh, They were not always to promote the college. It wasn't to say, um, you know, hey, we are placing this many students at at a job or our faculty are so amazing. It was more so promoting a sense of community for them. Right. Uh, With Halloween around the corner, I'm thinking of an event we did. It was 
basically debating the best horror movies of a decade, of each decade. And uh, the one college I'm thinking of, it was a digital media arts college. So it was film, recording arts, animation, students who are different are interested in very different areas. However, they had that one common interest of digital media. So you have an animation student debating with a recording arts student about why, you know, The Exorcist was so much scarier than Carrie. <laughs> and it was just really neat to see these students have a sense of community in that, mm -hmm. you know, these people are like-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have, you know, this passion and this this desire to learn more about this industry. And I think it was really neat that we took that step back and didn't use it. We didn't use the time to promote ourselves. Right. And we then would post those on Crowdcast so that people could search for the events. And then it was just another way to get our name out there. And I think that that sense of understanding what the customer needs makes such a difference. It's, it's night and day. And I think the way that you've described that sort of hits on both of these other two points when we're talking about people being disconnected, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking for a community in some way, right? You know, I think Yamini was talking about Peloton was her pandemic yeah. community, right? She jumped on. Oh my God, shorts. the crowd went wild after she said that. <laughs> Clearly a lot of people were the same. Peloton, RIP, like they need to figure it out there. And I have a very fun time right now. But um, <laughs> the point is, 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 is well taken that, that you know, you jump on and yes, it's it's a nice workout tool. I mean, I used it for, for forever too, but now that like the gym's back open or like I can actually go play golf, I'm going to go do that rather than be by myself. Even though you sort of cultivate a little bit of that community, that matters to your point more so than it's going to take us as an organization this amount of time to do something else, right? We are going to, maybe this is two extra hours of work for us a week but the end result is exponentially higher, focusing on on the people involved here, right? It's not just a, it's, you know, we're, we're not just focused on what is making my job easier because I think that that's how people end up in these solutions and in these systems that don't work, right? It's, it's they're, they're not customer focused, they're not people focused. It's, well, it's easier for me to do this this way right. and, and, and go about it that. I mean, that's our biggest challenge as a, as a company talking to our customers, you know, the, well, we've always done it this way, right? Well, you've always done it this way. And where are you? You know, this is, this is why we're having this conversation in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. You know, being people focused is, is huge. It's both internal and external for folks that are serving customers or are, you know, the, the end customer, right? One of the, the, the things that they brought up, I think 45% of workers say that the, pe the number of people that they interact with on a day-to-day -day basis being remote is uh, has decreased. Mm -hmm. um, there's an effort that is required to have water cooler talk, right? I mean, you have to schedule time for those sorts of things. I mean, we at, at AE have been have had the office open for those of us that have wanted to come in since May of 2020. Now, ups, downs, sideways, and people are taking it at their own speed. But I don't think that this fully remote. There's this hybrid world that has to be where life exists because you don't have this you know mm -hmm. we don't have any any of this in the room if you're scheduling zoom happy hours it's interesting to me and i wonder if if that contributes to productivity and customer focused efforts for companies if they're able to have this you know the actual human to human connection that way bit of a hermit myself. So sometimes <laughs> I feel as though I have really grown into the uh, work from home. But 
you know, taking this job, I thought I'd be mostly remote, but I find myself coming into the office so often because there's always something going on where I'm thinking I should really be a part of this and I mm -hmm. really want to be a part of this. So even though in my mind I prefer the working from home, the reality is there are so many benefits of being face-to-face -face with people and in the same room. You just cannot recreate Yeah, I mean, virtually. You know, talking to somebody and understanding problem solving is so much easier when you're having a conversation. You can see facial expressions and understand the nuance and what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, sarcasm or disgust or, or you know, I mean. Sarcasm gets me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that the market on the whole feels that way too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, if, if everybody sort of went into you know, into the hole and, and is only receiving digital communications. There's no nuance there. There's no you know, sort of the, the empathy. You, it's very hard to be empathetic with words on, on, you know, on the screen in that way. And, and I wonder if, you know, our customers are feeling that too, right? So we work with associations that are member-based organizations that have to deliver value to folks in a way that they're competing with Wikipedia and YouTube, right? So you know, what is an 18-year-old fire protection engineer? That was really random. Uh, I went to University of Maryland and we're like one of three programs. And I was talking to a kid that I went to school with. I hadn't seen him forever this year. So wh why would they join the association when they could go on YouTube and like learn the same thing? Like what what, are you, what value you're going to give me? And I think that clues a little bit into what you were talking about with understanding the behaviors of your end customers within the tool sets that you're using and being able to pivot off of that to, to, mm -hmm. to be actionable, right? You just said, we know that if students were participating in events, then they're going to be more engaged. That's a that's an insight that you don't have with 258 systems that yeah. don't talk to one another. Data science is a very powerful, <laughs> tremendous tool to have. Uh, plug for HubSpot. They do a great <laughs> job of being able to track the user's experience. No, I think that, that that's sort of their, you know, plus, like you said, plus one in the HubSpot column. The thing that they have done well for forever is, is make it easy for you to find the right piece of information about a, a person and an individual that is allows you to be actionable and find that empathy. Right? We talk about all the time here at AE personalization and finding relevancy and value just from a web experience. You know, Netflix and Amazon are blessings and curses because now everybody expects that level of detail for them while also not being willing to turn around and give you that information themselves, right? They want you to do the work to understand them. How often do you answer a survey? Like I've never answered a survey in my whole life. Like, a, hey, how did we do? I just have never done that. Even if they do a really amazing job and you want to applaud them? No, I mean, maybe, maybe that's mean, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have. and And you know, that's obviously a very specific use case, but I, you know, data is becoming so much more of the conversation now, you know, understanding the who, the where, the what about me as a consumer. I want you to give me exactly what I want, but I'm not going to tell you a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, they talked about that uh, in one of the sessions I attended. It was, I mean, it kind of falls into what you're talking about, saying how the average customer has they're 80% of the way through the buyer's journey once they come to your your website. So <laughs> once they call in, they just want a quick confirmation from the sales team and move forward. And I was actually, it's all about how the sites should be educating the customer and leave no questions unanswered, give them everything they need up front. 
with the goal of keeping them on your website. Right. And anybody who knows me is going to call me a liar in a second. But I was looking at joining a gym and I was I had all the information I needed. I was just looking for the pricing and they did not have it listed. So I went to a search engine. I typed in the gym's name and then price and it brought me to this Reddit thread. And the first thread was just all about how the gym was overpriced and how, you know, you don't get the bang for your buck there that it would be cheaper to do X, Y, and Z. Sure. And so then I was immediately turned off by it and didn't go back to the gym. <laughs> and I <laughs> haven't joined another one. But it was just that gated content. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to fill out a form to get information on pricing, right? which seems like a pretty general piece of information to obtain from a website. It's always so tough to balancing that exact question. I think that folks want to understand the value that you're going to provide to them before they give you a piece of data. Mm -hmm. We are so focused on who has what and where, right? It took me forever to acquiesce to like looking at TikTok for the first time. And I'm surprised it lasted as long as I could. But now I'm sure they know absolutely everything about me because I'm not actually giving them anything and they're learning, right? Same sort of thing that I, the value that they give, like that app provides to people is just entertainment. But I bet if you peeled it away and sort of gave somebody the, what is the actual cost of your 30 minutes a day mindlessly poking around on there? They know all sorts of things about you and they're selling them in that way. But we don't make that choice actively when prompted with a the opportunity to fill out a form, to give a company piece of information, but do so unwillingly or I guess unknowingly all the time. So being stewards of that data and understanding, you know, most senses in a B2B space, you have to, people are wary of that. Mm -hmm. um, you just wanted to know how much it was cost. If it fit, you'd have given them a call. If it didn't, then you weren't going to, but you had to do backflips to figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and the experience probably wasn't great. You know, like you're frustrated to have to, how do I have to go to Reddit to understand that this is, you know, $79 a month. Right. It's like, just put it on your website. It's like, I'm going to find out eventually. <laughs> make it easier for me. And I think that that's one of the things that they, they were talking about is this companies are disconnected from customers where the needs of the company in some ways are outweighing that of their customers. And it's easy to tell who's doing that well and who's not doing that well, right? If you don't have a tool set that allows you to say, we know that students attend events, they're going to be engaged. If you don't have a way to tell that story to yourself, you're never going to find those pockets of personalization of relevancy of value that you can offer somebody that they think it is worth my time to tell you what my name and my email address is right mm -hmm. so so i think that you know it's going to be interesting moving forward to try and see what the consumer need is against company need just sort of on the macro and then also sort of with customers that we can help like we have gym customers for example that that use hubspot and the way that they do it is to understand the classes that this person's taking to better say, hey, we haven't seen you in tennis in a couple of weeks. Here's a coupon, you know, come come play. Or you've done this jazz class. We're offering this new one. We'll give it to you for free. I mean, those pieces of data make it valuable. Mm -hmm. um, and not everybody has that, right? You know, without this this connected world. Yeah. I mean, being able to unlock and understand the actions that customers are taking is absolutely critical with connecting with them. There's mm -hmm. just no way around that.
from where I'm sitting. I'm sure somebody else has a different opinion, but I don't know how else you can really tap in to the consumer if they're not scheduling to take a call with you and walk you through their buyer's journey, which probably will not be. <laughs> it's just, it's such a privacy as oh. a whole is out the window. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but being able to see this insight into the consumer is, is so critical and HubSpot does make that so simple. Right. I mean, we have plenty of folks that use one piece of the HubSpot puzzle. We have folks that use all of them. But the value there with that specific tool is, is those individual unique behaviors to be able to segment and sort of parse through and say, this person likes this because they have given us X, Y, and Z implicitly or explicitly you know, mm -hmm. through, through their behavior, writing some of those rules and in, in, in make it easy so that you are able to provide value to somebody, provide the, the understanding. I know who you are and what you like, but it's not weird. You know, it's not like, you know. I saw you, you know, I know what you did last summer, right? Um, it is not that. It is, you know, hey, Becky, thanks for buying this last week. We're releasing this to folks that have done this, this, and this with us before. Here's a give, right? The serotonin boost that you get from that sort of thing matters. And that's how I think you sort of cut through the noise in the world is, is the real personalization, the real relevancy, and real value that doesn't feel icky. You know, I think my, the, the favorite session that I attended, we both did, was this guy who was talking about, uh, I forget the name of it, and I got to go find it. The guy was incredible. Was it, it was the like, email yeah, do this? E yeah, email. It was like five, ten things to do and ten things not to do for email. And he spoke like the Tasmanian devil. Um, but so <laughs> he much. He walked, I mean, he was walking like a all over the place. Uh, but so much of it was saying, I have an understanding of you because you have given me this. And here's what I'm going to do for you. Um, some of it was, you know, just best practices. Add an emoji. Don't add an emoji. But at the end of the day, it was if you're not using the information that you have about somebody to then focus on where, what you're going to tell them later, you miss half the point. Mm -hmm. you, you've missed this, this whole idea. And a tool like HubSpot allows you to do that, right? The crux, the end all be all of, of what Yamini was speaking about was sort of this, the age of the connected customer. What does that mean? Connected applications connected platforms and connected community. A connected application. What does your marketing team use? What does your sales team use? What does your service team use? Do you have all pieces of information around that in a way that makes it easy for you to say, this customer bought this from us, had an issue with this, and therefore we should be sending them this, right? It doesn't have to be HubSpot. HubSpot is good at it. But thinking about architecting your solutions in a way that allows you to be person first and focused on that end customer, I think is the only way that these companies are going to succeed in this era of what does data mean? You know, you know, they, they talk about a connected platform as sort of the second pillar of the solution here, but it, that's a little bit of a, a pat on the back for themselves just because of the way that the tool is built. But they also have these extendable tools, you know, app integration partners and that sort of thing that make it easy to connect with the other tools that you have. But I do think more than anything, you know, this connected application and then connected community matters too. One of the things that we just had here internally was our, our customer forum. We do it every year in October. We have somewhere between 80 and 100 folks that come out in person and then probably about the same online, something like that. And there are folks, you know, people that have been coming every year since we started doing it 10 years ago because there's some real value there and there's a community and, you know, they're able to share experiences with one another, good and bad with us, right? But I think that 
providing a space and allowing people to do so, whether that is in person or digitally, because you understand their behavior and what they want of you and what they expect of you. And equally, what they don't want is the only way that that cultivates itself naturally. It's going to be in, in increasingly interesting to me to see how companies that aren't focused there survive and thrive, right? Like, I don't know if there's a, it doesn't make sense to have a community all the time for everything, but can you cultivate a sense of belonging through your offerings or, or even by the messaging that you provide to somebody? You know, thinking about a school makes all the sense in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, these, these people are, they're customers of the university, but they're expecting something back from them. And their experience is going to be shaped by the value that they think would have or wouldn't have occurred. And, you know, I don't know if, if HubSpot was the catalyst that allows you to be able to do that or, or if you guys knowingly and rightfully sort of looked inward and said, are we thinking about this the right way? Do you think there was a nature versus nurture? Yeah. Uh, at the time, I worked with my husband and he and I were talking about it one night, just talking about the event as a whole, orientation as a whole. And we're like, if we feel this way, I have to imagine that other people are thinking the same thing. And that just got the conversation going. And of course, everybody, not everybody, but most people did have the same uh, same opinion that it just felt disconnected. It just seemed it was not a, it was not a smooth operation to say the least. What was the, was there a lot of like energy that was required to get that ball rolling down the hill, even internally? You know, it was a small, the team was relatively small. And I think what was really neat about our team is that we were a very, a very caring team. Sure. When I look back at who I was working with, like they're all really nice people. <laughs> and you can tell that they're here because they want to help students, you know, achieve their goals and help, you know, launch their careers into the industry they want to. Uh, so I think we were fortunate that it took a little, a little work to convince certain departments that, hey, Let's take a step back and reevaluate how we're doing things. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was we were we were lucky that everybody had that same mentality. It just took somebody to kind of light the fire. Right, right. I think about that with our customers too, because there's usually one spark plug mm -hmm. in an organization that sees this issue and is is trying to evangelize. What I think that we want to ultimately allow them to do is is arm them with the tools to be able to be agile take information and, and run with that on a, you know, I have this gut feeling that we're not doing X, Y, or Z well. Providing them the architecture and solutions to say, I can see that we're not doing X, Y, and Z well because I, I have this report that's pulling information from here, information from here, information from here uh, that says, I know this. Now we need to change. And what does that mean? Right? How, how can we be quick to be person first, to be empathetic? And are we set up to be able to do that on an ongoing basis. You know, it's one thing to change one process that, that occurred and pat everybody on the back and sort of clap and then get back on your merry way. But I think that that shift in mentality is going to propel organizations forward and find more repeat customers, you know, thinking about it like that. Mm -hmm. So thinking about wrapping up here, uh, if you had sort of one or two parting thoughts on, you know, you know, this is a, an interesting conversation that I think HubSpot is not necessarily spearheading. I mean, this this is sort of the the evolution of business these days, I think. is, But HubSpot specifically, I think, is well positioned to actually deliver on, on what they're talking about. So a couple parting thoughts from you on just, A, the time uh, that we had up there and, and sort of the, the takeaway here and, and anything that 
think HubSpot's particularly doing well. Uh, Inbound was an incredible experience. Uh, I think it's interesting because when we got back, I feel as though I was very overwhelmed with everything that I heard. And then it's taken a few weeks to really digest and just going through some of the key takeaways. Like I learned so much more than I thought that I did because it was just there was so much good information that was provided. You know, they talked about, you know, the content value being more important than the content volume. You know, don't just write for bots, you know, write for the customer, give them the information that the customer needs, engage with them in a way that they'll want to engage back based on, you know, what you're providing them with. I think that is, um, might be a hard pill for some people to swallow because that's not how business has always been run. It's here's what we do. Here's the information we're giving you. Right. Come, come to us. And consumers have so much more power right now. I agree. Uh, and I think businesses are absolutely picking up on that, thankfully. The mentality of connecting with your customers in a way that is mutually beneficial you know, it doesn't have to just be everything for the customer. You can find a way to make it work both ways so that everybody's winning. But I, I just, I like the thought and the the concept of the empathetic marketer. I completely agree. What you just said is my biggest piece there too, is there is a middle ground between what is going to be helpful, easy, best for the company and what is helpful, easy, best for their customers. I think that we as agencies that have the capacity to sort of take a step back are can be the catalyst there to say this is how you both win and mm -hmm. this is how you're able to make decisions and, and pivot quickly this is how what your customers are focused on and and who how when and you know hubspot in particular is a platform that allows a lot of that with not a ton of you don't have to the the barrier of entry is is relatively low to understand and gain some of those insights i think so that's why i think that they're uniquely positioned to be able to live this if they're talking about this in this way, I think that they're unique position to live this. We're obviously drinking the Kool-Aid, but it's definitely interesting to, to think about. I think that we, you know, we as an agency whose job is to service our customers and then them, their customers, we need to be empathetic towards both, you know, and it's, it's almost a, you know, changing the mindset for one person is difficult enough, but thinking about our customers want X from us. And most of the time that is, I have this pain for my customer or I have this pain internally that we need to, to be able to solve. We have to solve both. So, so being empathetic towards our customers and our customers' customers is the only way that we as agencies will continue to thrive. It's particularly interesting. Um, Probably why they centered the uh, entire conference around it. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Who'd have <laughs> thunk? Uh, well, really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, happy three months. Thank Welcome you. Aboard. <laughs> what a way to celebrate. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in to the future by listening to Lessons for Tomorrow podcast. For more information on the topics discussed today, check out the description of this episode. If you want us to cover a topic or submit feedback, email us at lessonsfortomorrow at americaneagle.com and let us know. We're all ears. Be sure to follow the podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. While you're at it, give us a rating and share this podcast with others to prepare them for the future. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media channels. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm your guest host, Stephen Legault, and Tim Alanius will catch you here in the next lesson.